Sergio, if you like what we're doing here, if you support the show and you want to give support to the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash let's talk native. And if you do so, we'll provide you some exclusive content and some things that uh, others aren't going to get when you get it. So support us by going to Patreon. Yahweh. Let's Talk Native is produced at the LTN Studios on the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. We break all the rules for native media by peeling back the layers of assimilation and indoctrination. We may step on a few toes through our examination of culture, art, politics, history, and identity. But the real goal here is to bring our people together by breaking down what separates us. So, welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. Sego, I'm John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. Hey, since 2017, May 5th has been designated Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls Day. Um, and this year is no exception, but this, this year they've actually turned it into a full week of um, uh, National Week of Action regarding missing and murdered Indigenous uh, women and girls. There are any number of event, events happening all week long, um, uh, probably culminating in, in, in a lot of activity on the weekend. In fact, even uh, Cambridge, New York, the school that I'm, or the town where the school that I'm battling over the mascot issue, they're actually doing a, uh, a, really, a really nice event out there. They've got a, a walk that's going on, walk slash run, uh, and it's a fundraiser and primarily uh, an event to raise awareness to what native women have experienced in um in the united states and canada uh so um I, that's what i'm going to uh, talk about on the show today i, I want to talk about the day you know, using may 5th as the uh, as, as the day to to raise awareness to to host events to have conferences and i encourage you if you just go online and look up missing and murdered indigenous women or mmiw you'll find there, there are several national organizations that are doing some things you can find uh, uh, valid groups that you can uh, uh, donate to that are raising awareness. Uh, th there are some that are specific to states. In fact, I just reached out to uh, um, uh, a person down in, uh, in, in Texas, MMIW Texas. Is, uh, there's been an effort down there to raise awareness. So um, there, there are a lot of issues that are related to this historically. And of course, you know, I've talked a lot about residential schools, but, but if you go back to the, again, the origins of, of colonization, and in fact, even before colonization, what they considered the, the discovery era, what, what is clear is that Native women in particular uh, became really victimized. Uh, there was actually a rape culture that came. I mean, you, you can find it detailed even in Columbus's journal and, and some of the other folks who were um, along with, with him about the violence that they were perpetrating against women. Uh, so beyond using women uh, and men for, for slaves, there was uh, women in particular. Columbus boasted about how much money he could get for girls as young as nine and, and nine and ten by taking them back to to spain to be essentially sex slaves i mean thomas jefferson uh, you know had, had children with his slaves 
and what's oftentimes missed in the in the conversation about chattel slavery is how much uh, women were used, not just Native men, but women were used in that in that in that industry. So I think it's really important that people understand the origins that bring us to the problem that we're now confronting with missing and murdered indigenous women. And it's, and it's vast and it's pervasive. It's, you know, much of this attention came from uh, uh, originally from uh, on the Canadian side. That's where most of the attention was, was brought uh, to missing and murdered indigenous women because even on the Canadian side, there was even more remoteness. There, there's actually one highway uh, that they call the highway of tears um, because it, it is, it, it was just known for, for women being, uh, being kidnapped and taken, uh, you know, across you know, Alberta and, and some of the, the areas of Western Canada, but the remoteness of our territories. And, and again, our territories are remote by design. We're pushed off to, to parcels of land that, you know, frankly, they, you know, the United States or Canada thought was, was worthless. And, though the remoteness of our communities actually made our our women actually even more vulnerable than the men and and not that our people weren't vulnerable because of that the remoteness anyway especially as it came to trying to eke out you know some sort of subsistence living but the 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 women in particular would be would be vulnerable because the extractive industries and some of the other industries that would, would cause men to leave their families and, and go into some of these more wilderness areas, they would, once they were away from their, their families, it was like a whole other world opened up to them. One where they, they weren't, didn't have to abide by the, the rules to the extent that, that they had rules of civil society. Those, those rules disappeared once they were quote unquote in Indian country. So, this development of man camps that went along with many of the extractive industries and not just, you know, extraction from the ground, whether we're talking about timber, um, logging, uh, there, there were so much, there were, there were so such a prevalence of, of men who were working in these really male dominated industries away from their families. If they had families where the closest female companionship they could, uh, they could grab was, was from native territories. And it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, look, it wasn't just companionship. It was, it was driven in that, in that same kind of rape culture. But I think it's important that people realize just how much, uh, how vulnerable women had become because of the way, uh, the way industries pushed themselves into native territories. And oftentimes these industries were very, very uh, unregulated both in terms of what they were actually doing with the industry, but their, but their behavior in, in an area. And of course, there were also not going to be any law enforcement resources. One of the biggest problems that we, we have was the, with the, was the pattern of, um, of apathy that came from, from police, whether it was local police, if there even was a local police force, or whether it was state police or whether it was federal law enforcement, like the FBI. Many women, nobody would believe a story of, of a woman who would turn up missing. You know, they would always assume automatically, oh, that's just a runaway. And until, and then when, when missing women's body, uh, body would show up, there would also be um, an apathy amongst the, 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 the coroners and, and those who would be investigating the death and say, well, it looks like an accident. So cause of death would oftentimes be listed as accidental. 
And and so this is this is really what has been the experience. I mean, oftentimes uh, the other thing would be the uh, the race would also oftentimes be listed as just others, you know, uh, as an other race. So, so the giving ga- gathering the data associated with with missing and murdered indigenous women became increasingly care, uh, difficult. Not, and, and it wasn't just the apathy from the police that would contribute to some of this problem. Sometimes it would be the participation of police. Look, in most of the, the, the most violent circumstances that, that people, you know, uh, oppressed people have experienced, the law enforcement has oftentimes been complicit. And we've got case after case after case and on both the U.S. and Canadian side where, where the police themselves were part of the uh, were, were part of the, the perps involved in, in, in kidnappings or the murder of, uh, of indigenous women. I, and I'm not going to you know, say out of hand that, uh, that police are solely responsible, but there have been too many instances where the, where the police had participated in this. So this is kind of where we're at. And, and let me just give you some basic numbers. Native women are 10 times more likely to be killed than the national average. And this is the United States. So if you figure out the likelihood of being, being murdered, you know, or, 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 or killed you know, via manslaughter or whatever, to be the victim of a homicide, Native women are 10 times more likely than anybody else in, in the United States. I mean, think about that. 10 times more likely. The uh, half of all Native women will have experienced some form of violence, domestic violence or, or violence in, in their lives. And, and I think it's, it, it was, as, from what I recall, it was as high as 40% of all women will experience some form of sexual violence. So, I mean, we live in an era where now there's been a lot more attention given to like Me Too and some of the, um, the sexual violence against women, but Native women still aren't getting the attention. So the reason for having these national days of, uh, of recognition of something like missing and murdered indigenous women is to call attention to it. And in, the, in this week in particular, trying to do a full week of, of raising awareness of conferences of, uh, you know, zoom calls. Um, again, my, my old hometown where I graduated from high school, they're doing a, a walk, uh, a walk and a run. And look, and this is a, this is a community that has essentially for all intents and purposes, no native, no native women in the community. So they're doing this out of a heightened awareness because they it's being sponsored by uh, Cambridge for Social Justice. It's a group that I'm working with on the mascot issue. But just as, I, as I've tried to account in as I engage people over whether it's a mascot issue or whether it's an environmental issue or, or whatever, when you're involved in social justice, it just, just doesn't stop with one issue. And, you know, we oftentimes have to have to make clear that when we're talking about environmental justice, there's a reason that environmental justice impacts things like missing and murdered indigenous women, like the man camp, camp situation that I just talked about. The mascot issue. If, you're, if you can objectify Native people in general, you can further objectify Native women. And, that's what, and we've seen that. We've seen that with everything from Hollywood, Hollywood's portrayal of Native women, oftentimes not even played by Native women, but Hollywood's portrayal of Native women. The um, Disney, you know, the animation that uh, that you know, that does all of these these films uh, where they try to represent a native person, they always over sexualize, you know, uh, native women in particular. They always have native men looking looking like buffoons or or thugs. 
but they're always going to have the the you know the little native princess look you know look over over sexualized. Well, and that all contributes to it. So, I mean, I, I know <laughs> it's crazy because when you get involved in something like uh, like a fight over the mascot issue, you'll oftentimes uh, get the other side you know, to, to try to, uh, offer some sort of olive branch. But the idea that, that some, any, any group of people that are, that are, want to encourage, um, the use of native mascots for them to even try to weigh in. And this is what we're seeing in Cambridge. We have this whole group of, I, I call them the proud boys, not to take away from the other proud boys, but the ones who want to say, protect the pride. They tried to actually, um, co-opt some of this, uh, this work being done by uh, Cambridge for Social Justice on the missing and murdered indigenous women issue. They, they pledged to raise money for it. You don't get it. <laughs> All of the national organization behind missing and mur murdered indigenous women, we are many of the same people who oppose uh, the use of native mascots. So you can't somehow clean yourself up or redefine yourself as concerned about native people on missing and murdered indigenous women issues when you're out there promoting the objective objectification of uh, native people through through mascots it's look the they you can't parallel those two things so you know shame on you for even trying and for taking away from the good work that uh that the group in cambridge and, and look and i don't mean to just highlight what what's happening in my old hometown there are places all over you can find some local um effort being done wherever you're wherever you live just search again missing and murdered indigenous women uh online you can actually go to uh niwrc.org they um you can find some that's one of the one of the national organizations but there, there are several national organizations there are several regional organizations that are addressing this and i encourage you to do so it is really really important look there's i, I remember a few years back when the first time i had seen a video that was done by uh, the 1492s uh, that was addressing um, violence against women. And one of the lines in the video, and this was done, uh, the, the, the poem essentially, that is, you know, the, uh, the, that the whole film, the, uh, the, um, the video is based on, was written by Ryan, Ryan Redcord. And, and one of it is a plea. It's a plea to, to us men. It says, you're supposed to be warriors. You're supposed to protect us. Well, look, there are no more resilient of people on the planet than native women. But regardless of the resiliency, they should not have to face the violence that men, including native men. Look, by some, by some of the estimates and some of the calculations and some of the reporting, 70% of violence against native women come, is from non-native people. But that still leaves 30% coming from native, uh, from native people, native men. So, look, we have to call upon our, you know, our own relatives to do more to protect, uh, to, protect, to protect native women. You know, our relatives, our families. And look, I realize that we're, we're struggling with a lot of intergenerational trauma. We, you know, our, and both our men and our women are, are, are battling with substance abuse, and that makes it that much more difficult. And the reason that we're battling with substance abuse is because of the mental health issues that, that many of our people are dealing with. But you can, I've said this before, you can track much of the, uh, of the ills that exist, not only for Native people living on territory, but even the ills that our, our people face when we're living in urban environments, to the poverty that has been generationally imposed upon Native people.
with the with the limited amount of opportunities that native people have and native women even more so it makes it that much more difficult for for any of us to to seek out and have um a, a fulfilling life and if you diminish somebody's quality of life to the whole point where they start questioning the value of their own lives not only do you create problems associated with suicide and substance abuse but it makes our women that much more vulnerable in, in as they pursue whatever opportunities they can pursue to you know, to look to 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 um to make a living to to eke out a career i'm and i'm not going to just condemn what some would would attribute to risky behavior look it's really easy to to automatically assume when when somebody turns up missing that they that they ran away and that may be the case on on some occasions but to make that assumption and to dismiss the concern that a family has for a loved one by just dismissing out of hand as a runaway it's it is it's wrong it, it is just categorically wrong look there's a system in the united states they call the amber alert system for when a child turns up missing 90 percent of the amber, amber alerts are for white kids and look, I look, I understand, you know, white children, white girls, white boys, they um, they're, they're victims of, uh, of wrongdoing at the same, uh, you know, all the same. They, they, they clearly experience some of the same hazards that that people of color experience. But when you think about how often you will see a, a black child or a native child listed on an Amber Alert, you know, I, I call I'm glad that we within. Uh, our communities, we have our own networks because without them, we would never know when somebody's somebody has turned up missing. So during this week, on this day and during and throughout the rest of the week, I ask you as you listen to this program to learn more, learn all you can about missing and murdered indigenous women, because it isn't just about this week. This is a day and a week to, to, to call attention to it. But I ask you to go online. And to, and to learn more and we'll learn what you can do in a, in a given area. There are obviously donations that can be made to various organizations and I'm not going to, you know, pitch for one in particular, but, but look for them online, find out and, and be aware that, that there are families that are in need. It's not just organizations. There are families that are in need. We need to raise awareness. And if you live on a native territory, make sure that your local government your native government is doing all that it can do, that, that, that it has programs, that it's providing care or half a, half a house or, or safe houses for, uh, for women. You know, a lot of this, you know, a lot of the, the violence against women is domestic violence. And it's not just about um, a, a bad marriage gone bad or a relationship gone bad. Sometimes it's, a, it's, it's family tensions. It, it could be abusive parents and that kind of stuff. You know, the fact that, that we have to add girls to that line. So it's not just missing and murdered indigenous women. It's miss, missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. And frankly, we've added two spirit and we've added boys. We've added children because this is what the, the, the vulnerability of our young people has only continues to grow. And part of that vulnerability comes out of you know, frankly, technology isn't making it any better. There's, you know, the people that are getting lured into, um, into, into meetings, into, uh, you know, into relationships that, that, that are, you know, just, just uh, cyber relationships. So there's a lot of wrongdoing that can happen and technology is contributing to it. Rather than technology helping us in these situations, 
oftentimes it's contributing to the problem. I mean, I've, I've, in fact, I've asked before and I'll ask it again. I'm asking for somebody to develop an app for a phone that will localize and regionalize when somebody's missing. I don't need to know if somebody's missing in North Dakota if I'm living on the Cattaraugus Territory of the Sanctuary Nation. But I do need to know if somebody's missing in, the, in the, the immediate area. And perhaps as time goes on, we add, we add concentric circles around an area. So eventually, yes, I should know if somebody's been missing from, from North Dakota for, uh, for two weeks. I don't really need to know in two days necessarily. But these, I mean, so developing, using technology, the same technology that is used, that's using to make our, some of our people more vulnerable, we should look for, for technology to, to, to come in to, to, to help us. We, should, we live in a world where communication is something that's at our fingertips, but we don't communicate that effectively. So this is the time now. You've got smartphones, you've got laptops, you've got personal computers, you've got all the things at your disposal to make sure that you're connected. And to make sure that you can reach out to others who are, who are, who are experiencing a loss or, or who, who's look, looking for a missing loved one. So I ask that you do that. I ask that you find it takes some time out of your day. Look, I know there's a lot of crap on the Internet, but there's some there's some ways this technology can be turned around to help us. So I ask that you do that. At very least, use it to raise awareness. Use it so you become more aware and then share what you've learned. Let more and more people understand the vulnerability, of, frankly, of all women. But what, however you look at racism or misogyny or, uh, or, or any other kind of bigotry, anytime you take a people who are marginalized in some fashion, whether they are women or whether they are LGBTQ2S, or, and add on top of that, you know, a, a racial component. Now you've, you've, you've increased the likelihood or the vulnerability of those people. So I think it's really important that we understand that we have to care about everybody. I mean, it's, it, as, as human beings, I mean, when we, when we talk about the word and we say that means a real or original human being, a, a real human being, it means that we are connected to the land. That means that we are not just connected to the land, but we're connected to all that are on that land. So I think it's really important that we understand that if you know somebody who's vulnerable because they're native, if you add any other characterization that, that of, of a person who could experience bigotry, it gets, it gets magnified. It gets enhanced. So during this day and this week, I think it's really important to raise, raise awareness. Yes, we're talking about missing and murdered indigenous women, but we're also talking about missing and murdered LGBTQ2S people as well. We are talking about all the people who are in the most vulnerable people in this, uh, in, to, to what has increasingly almost seems to be a system of patriarchy, misogyny, and male dominance. You would think that this many years into the push for civil rights and human rights and social justice that we would still not be in this place. But, but here we are, here we are. So again, do your own research. You know, I'm doing this show, you know, to, to, to call you out as, as the listeners of this program, I'm, I'm doing the show to call you out as listeners to don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for, for any of the statistics that I might have rattled off or do your own research and, and, and please, Find out what you can do in your area, 
or at the national level to support the fight to raise awareness and to end the missing and murdered indigenous women issues that we face. And this is on either side of the imaginary line. You know, it's, it's, I, I was, I, I had a conversation after um, they did a bit of a truth and reconciliation commission on the Canadian side over missing and murdered indigenous women. And among the statements that was issued was that the problem in Canada represented genocide. And I, and I had to think about that. And when I, when I asked some of the folks who were involved in making that determination, they said, you have to understand the genocide isn't about eliminating a people completely. It could be all or, or part. And when you consider the, the high level of missing women and murdered women, it does. It meets, it meets the definition. It meets the definition of genocide. So while I'm, I don't want to throw that word around all the time so it becomes meaningless, you have to understand that what women are experiencing and what Native women in particular are experiencing affects us all. Our whole population is impacted by what happens to the women of our community, to the girls of our community. And look, whether our girls turn up missing by their own hand or by the hand of another, it's still a tragedy. So we need to do all that we can to, to counsel, our, uh, to counsel our, 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 our children, to counsel our loved ones, our sisters, our cousins, our, our nieces. We need to make sure that they understand that they are loved and that we care and that we can offer them some prospect for hope in the future because the lack of hope is the number is, is the is the most damaging aspect of of native life because there isn't enough emphasis on creating a good prospect for the future for our, for our children and for native women in particular so i want to thank you for for listening to the program and and again i'm going to say it one more time i encourage you to go online and do as much research as you can. Participate in some of the Facebook group pages, the, 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 the Twitter threads, whatever. Instagram. I'm, I'm not a big one on Instagram, but I'm sure there has to be a strong Instagram presence with, with photos and uh, with, with links and, and that kind of stuff, information associated with missing and murdered indigenous women. Use whatever platform you use, whatever you're comfortable with. But please do. Learn more and speak out more about missing and murdered indigenous women. I want to thank you for listening to the program. I'm John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.